are you ready to organize your amazing ideas into a powerful book? It's time to write your book. Welcome to the Write Hour, nonfiction tips from the Write Coach. And I'm Joyce Glass, your host. I am so glad you joined me today. Hello, creatives. Welcome to episode 105 of The Right Hour with Joyce Glass. This week, I have some special guests for you. It's Diane Mills and Edie Melson. They are the co-directors of the Blue Ridge Mountain Christian Writers Conference. Do not try to say that too fast. You might twist your tongue. So, but first, let me tell you a little bit about Diane and Edie. Diane is a best-selling author who believes her readers should expect an adventure. She creates action-packed, suspense-filled novels to thrill readers. Her titles have appeared on the CBA and ECPA bestseller list. She's won two Christie Awards and a been a finalist for the Rita and Daphne du Maurier Inspirational Reader's Choice and Carol Award Contest. Diane is also a founding board member of the American Christian Fiction Writers, a member of Advanced Writers and Speakers Association, Sisters in Crime, and International Thriller Writers. She is co-director, as I said, with Edie Melson of the Blue Ridge Mountain Christian Writers Conference and the Mountainside Marketing Conference, where they continue their passion of helping other writers become successful. She speaks to various groups and teaches writing workshops around the country. And you can connect with Diane at dianemills.com. Edie Melson loves to help you find your voice and live your story. That is the foundation of Edie Melson's message. No matter if she's addressing parents, military families, readers of fiction, or writers, as an author, blogger, and speaker, She's encouraged and challenged audiences across the country and around the world. You can connect with her at edmelson.com and through her social media. Also, you'll be able to find her books on amazon.com. And again, all these links will be in the show notes so that you can find more about these wonderful ladies. So I don't want to hold back any longer. Welcome, ladies, and I'm so glad that you've joined me today. Listen to the interview now. Well, Diane and Edie, I am so glad that you are here with me today on the Right Hour podcast. So thank you for being here, ladies. I am really excited to be here. Me too. I'm chiming in just like uh, a little one who just got a handful of candy. <laughs> so, well, let's to start off, each of you, let, we'll start with Diane. Tell me a little bit about your, you and your writing journey. How did you get into writing and where is it taking you? I had always wanted to write, but I didn't consider it seriously until back uh, in 96. And my husband said to me, uh, stop telling me that someday you're going to write a book. Just do it. Quit your job. I'll give you a year to get anything published. And uh, I'm a little on the stubborn side. And I said, okay, I will. And actually I did. I wrote that book and it came out in 98. And the fun thing is I never went back to another job and now he works for me. So I think that's kind of fun. <laughs> that's um, great. 
<laughs> but it's not just about the writing. It's about the it's about every day being thoroughly committed to learning about the craft, the publishing industry, social media, marketing, branding, what, uh, what is being said about the whole craft, writing and uh, a lot of words every day, editing, uh, reading the bestsellers. It's not just one thing. And that's what the journey has taught me is that it's not, oh, I'm going to sit down and write. It is about that commitment, that dedication to everything that brings a book into the hands of a reader. So my journey, I've learned that it's not just one thing and you have to constantly be on the lookout for changes and new techniques. Uh, you can't ever let yourself slide and that it's all a balance. It is. It is. So what sparked it, your interest in writing though years ago? What, what was the first thing that kind of got you going down that path? A love of reading. Uh, I grew up with Little Women and Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew and finding myself, okay, if I wrote a book, I would do this, this, and this. And uh, I've always done that. And uh, so that love of reading that love of imagery, that love of words, uh, just sort of transported me into that world. Yeah, yeah, it, it's interesting. I read many of the same books, The Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew, and um, I had a friend who got me into reading some uh, romance novels, like from the historical romance, and so that opened up a different world, too, to read some of those, so that was interesting that you brought that up. So Edie, tell us a little bit about you and your journey, and how did you get inspired to become a writer? Well, my mother will tell you that I've been writing ever since I could crawl to a white wall with a red crayon. I don't <laughs> know if that's true or not, but it's almost been that bad. Um, I wrote my very first novel in eighth grade in purple pen. <laughs> Uh, as a matter of fact, when I got my first novel published, um, I pulled out my yearbooks from that year in school in eighth grade. And sure enough, several people had said, I will see you someday. I know I will see you someday on the bookstore shelves. And it wasn't but about two years later, I actually got a Facebook instant message from uh, one of the boys who had signed my yearbook that way. And he had found me on the bookstore shelf. And so he said, I told you so. <laughs> so it was really cool. I didn't really get serious about it though until about 96, 97. That's when I felt like God was really calling me to write for him. And so that's when, even though my kids were little at that time, I sort of dug in and decided it was time to learn how to write and just quit playing at this fun hobby and filling notebooks with half scenes and, you know, meanderings of my mind and stuff. And that's when I really start started getting serious. And I went to my first conference in about 97. So. So what was your first conference? Uh, my first conference was a conference that was out West and it wasn't the best, um, it wasn't the best experience. I had a really 
rough experience. And as a matter of fact, I came home from that conference and I put everything in a drawer and said, that's it. I'm not writing anymore. It was that bad. And it took a friend of mine who anonymously paid for me to go to the Blue Ridge conference in 2001 to get me back on track. Oh, good. Good. So you were actually an attendee before you became a director. Then. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> I, I was as green an attendee as ever could have happened. So <laughs> uh, I started going in 2001 and uh, then I, I became um, the assistant in, well, I helped with the conference in 2009, no, 2007, no. 2009. I was right. Helped with it in 2009. And then I became Alton Gansky, who had it at that point, I became his assistant in 2010. And about 2012, 13, I became the co-director. And then he resigned and I took it over as the director in 2016 and brought Diane on as my co-director. Awesome. Awesome. So, you kind of answered the next question was how did you connect with the Blue Ridge Conference and when did you become a director? We got that covered. So, so Diane, when, when Edie brought this idea to you, were you excited about it, a little intimidated or, or were you ready to go for it? I was ready to go for it. Took a little bit of, okay, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? And a little bit of prayer. Uh, Edie and I had a great connection and I would love for her to tell you that story. Uh, my first conference was Wheaton Right to Publish, and I had a marvelous, wonderful experience. I had come in a day early, and I was waiting for this shuttle to take me to the campus. And this tall man came, was standing with me, and he said, are you going to the Wheaton Right to Publish? And I said, yes, and I, and I was so nervous. And um, he stuck out his hand, and he said, I'm Davis Bunn, and I'm going to, and I'm going to be teaching and that uh, sparked a friendship that we still maintain to this day. So I had a wonderful experience, Edie, I'm so sad yours wasn't, <laughs> but I know that all the experience that we have together, uh, I started ACFW with a handful of other gals and I know that uh, with so many different personalities and with so many different kinds of writing that we want to meet those needs. And uh, Edie, would you tell her how we met? Because I think it feeds into part of our, our goals and our dreams for how we see our conference. First, tell everybody what ACFW is. Oh, American Christian uh, Fiction Writers. You actually started that organization or you started a chapter? I started the organization. I'm a founding board member. Awesome. Awesome. I did not know that. Joyce learned something oh. new today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Edie, yes, tell us the story. Well, um, early on while I was still attending Blue Ridge, I had entered a contest and I was absolutely devastated by the results that came back. I got three scores. Two of them were excellent and one of them um, somebody had basically just brutalized my paper. <laughs> you know, we've all run into judges like that. And so um, I thought I was okay with it. And the results came back while I was at Blue Ridge. And I was standing in line. Diane was teaching that year. And 
we didn't know each other. I'd taken a couple of her workshops, but you know, she, she was just being nice. And when she asked me, how's your day going? And I thought my day was going fine. And I turned around to tell her that. And I burst into tears <laughs> and said, it's going awful and proceeded to pour out what had happened. And she very graciously helped me see that, um, you know, that sometimes people can be mean without reason, but, you know, God has it for a greater purpose. And it was just really, really awesome. But one of the things is Diane doesn't really remember that because um, at the time I weighed 90 pounds more than I do. And oh, so wow. she doesn't remember me from back then. <laughs> so the next year when she introduced herself to me, I had a total blank because I couldn't, um, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't picture that. And uh, it, I think that because of that experience and other experiences where sometimes writers, writers just feel overwhelmed. There's too much going on. What do I pick? How do I select? That we are very careful to um, instruct our attendees before the conference, uh, give them a Facebook group that they can belong to so they can start networking with other writers, ask questions. But uh, I think that last year, by having a, a chaplain and having volunteers that other writers can talk to, they can ask for prayer, they can just ask for guidance, but to have those people, those volunteers identified, so when they have a question or they're overwhelmed uh, and somebody has brutalized their manuscript or, or just said something that, some kind of miscommunication, we have people there who are willing to help you uh, walk through that. Yes, that's great. That is great because it is overwhelming. Last year was actually my first time to attend mm -hmm. and it did help ha having some, you know, planning beforehand and kind of could think things through. And there were some connections already um, because, well, I think both of you know, I lived in Asheville too. So I knew Yvonne and her group. And so that was helpful. And for those who don't know, Yvonne Lehman um, is actually the one who started the Blue Ridge Christian Mountain Writers Conference, easy for me to say, <laughs> back. When did she start it? Do y'all remember? Um, I think we're working on either year of, I think we're working on year 39. I think this is the 39th year. So, so a long time ago, she started it. <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> and, and part of it was out of her own desire, because I have interviewed her about that. It was, you know, she wanted a conference close to her that she could attend. And so she said, hey, I'll just create my own, you know, the um, necessity is the mother of all invention and that's how the line goes. <laughs> so she did and so that that's great. And, but even having those connections, it was still overwhelming to walk through those doors because there's so many people. And I guess my, my tip for those going don't run away scared. It was the best thing. You'll meet so many wonderful, sweet people and make connections. And speaking of Davis Vaughn, I did take um, his class and met with him one time. That's the other great thing I love about conferences is I got to meet with Davis for 15 minutes and he helped me kind of flesh some ideas out about my novel because I am just still, well, I'm still um, plotting, but my plot has 
thickened <laughs> and it is developed now. So we, we have made progress from last year and his, his help, his, his inspiration and talk helped me. So that is one thing that I really loved and appreciated is having that time. You do get time with either other writers or publishers. And so that's wonderful. So give us, um, and I would like to hear from each of you, what are your top three reasons to attend the writing conference? Why, why do writers need to do this? Edie, you wanna go first? All right, um, number one is for networking. And um, all writers think that it's because we're networking with industry professionals, um, but truthfully, the people that we're attending with are every bit and oftentimes more valuable as networking contacts than the people we're trying to impress. Yes, and I can say amen and amen and amen to that one. That I've met so many wonderful people that I've been connecting with all year long and can't wait to see them again. So that's a definite. So what's your next one? And I think the next one is so many people write a book in a vacuum, especially in the beginning, and they don't realize for some reason they don't approach publishing as a process or even as a business. And the fact is, if we don't know the business etiquette, if we don't know the business traditions and nuances and the industry as a large uh, or as a whole, then we have basically set ourselves up for failure. So one of the things that a writing conference does is it gives you a bird's eye view of what the industry is like, as well as the ability to actually walk among and interface with people who are who are in the industry right now. I mean, there there's lingo, there's there's all kinds of things about writing a book, uh, about publishing a book, or even if it's not a book, even if you're doing freelancing, there's all kinds of things. So I think that's my right. second. Right. And that is an excellent, excellent point because there is so much to learn and gone are the days that we sit in a cabin, write our book and hand it to a publisher and say, Hey, I'm done. Now world love me. You know, it doesn't work like that anymore. <laughs> you know? and, well, and there's some debate as to whether or not it ever actually did. True. But that's the persona that yeah. most people think writers do you know that you just sit in a little room and tap out your little book and then when you're done you hand it to somebody and they make it pretty and out into the world and that's not how it goes so there's a lot more to it and and it's that's why it's good to be around other people i think it's inspiring and encouraging so what's your last tip for us my last tip is that it will help us focus what our particular path is um when I first came into writing as a child, I thought I was going to be a novelist. And then when I basically felt like I had a call from God to write, I thought I was going to be a Bible study writer. And it turns out I've been a whole lot more than either of those things. And so going to conferences exposed me to different types of writing. It helped me actually earn a living for a while um, through freelance writing so that I was able to contribute and I was able to do that, but I would never have even considered that if I hadn't attended a conference. So mm -hmm. I think a conference can really help you focus in on what the best path is on your writing journey. 
Yes, definitely, definitely agree. Because um, similar path, Edie, I, I started off, well, years ago, I'll give you the quick version. When my son was young, I wanted to write novels. But then I went off and did other things and came back to writing. And I felt God calling me to do Bible studies. And I've written a, a few. But then as my you know, career progressed, then I realized, oh, I really want to write a novel again. And I had this idea like just hit me like a lightning bolt. That's where this idea for my novel came from. And actually, which you can see my book back there, it's a part of it, it was a snippet from that book that inspired the novel. So it's, it all just, you keep growing and morphing and, and the more you educate yourself, and like you said, the more you're exposed, the more you realize you can do more than just X, Y, or Z. There are many different avenues you can take. And that's the fun part about writing that you don't have to just be just a novelist, just a Bible study writer, just this. So that's, that's a great point to make. So thank you, Edie. Diane, what are your top three? Okay. Actually, I already told you I was a little stubborn and rebellious. I have four. Okay, number one is just learning about the craft, the social media, marketing, uh, the publishing industry, learning, 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 being a sponge uh, yeah. is, is my number one. Uh, there, I attend one conference a year just for me where I'm not teaching, where I'm uh, learning, 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 and that is so vital, so mm -hmm. very important to me. And because it's important to me, I know that it's important to others. Uh, number two is the face-to-face -face with uh, agents and editors. When we can connect with an agent and an editor, with our passion, with our personalities, with our purpose, oh my goodness, I sound like a preacher with three Ps. But, um, <laughs> but when we can make that connection, uh, that is so incredibly important because if we're submitting something and they're reading our proposal, or query, our synopsis, uh, you know, what we're doing, that's great and that's wonderful, but there is nothing like a face-to-face -face connection. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, number three is to network with other writers. Uh, many writers think I'm, I'm all alone. Uh, they don't have a support system. Maybe they don't know about getting involved in a writer's group. And this networking uh, works both ways. It's a blessing for those of us who can't help someone else, and it's a blessing for those who are helped. So networking to me is number three. And number four is just an overall encouragement. Uh, yes, I can do this. And for those who are believers, uh, this is also a, a spiritual growth time. Uh, you know, sometimes we need a kick in the pants and God may have to do that. And uh, conferences are a great way because uh, he has us isolated. And if, we, uh, uh, if we're not Christians and we simply just need that, that I, I want to help, I want to find purpose with my life, you can, you can get that at a conference too. So those are my three plus one. There you go. I love it. So learn the craft and business. Um, go to attend one yourself. Oh, was that your number two? Was the attending? No, nope, that was all in number one. Okay. Number two was face-to-face -face with face -to -face. agent editors. Yes. Face-to-face -face with agent editors. Can't 
tell you how big that is. Last year, I had nothing to show. So I just went and met with other writers and editors so that I could talk about my ideas. And that was worth it. You know, and do, you know, I encourage people get out of your comfort zone and do that because that's probably scary for people their first time and they may not have anything. They're just working on something. Just talk about your idea and they'll help you. So that's great. I love that one. And then networking and then the spiritual growth, right? So yes. all of those are important. And I love that the Ridgecrest is a beautiful area. Um, so, and I'm actually considering staying one more night after two, because, you know, you have the conference um, hangover. <laughs> and I, I would love to just kind of have a night by myself, decompress and soak it all in and kind of make a plan. Okay, where am I going to go with all this great information I've learned? And so or work on my novel, whichever, because, you know, at this point, I'll have some more great ideas with it. So I love that. Love that. Well, tell me, um, Diane, we'll go back to you and then at Edie, what is unique about the Blue Ridge Christian Writers Conference other than it is to me and one of the most beautiful parts of the world? <laughs> so what, what is unique about it? Uh, we've already established the Christian loving and caring atmosphere. Uh, so I'm going to go on just a little bit and incorporate the whole environment. Mm -hmm. It's beauty inside and out. And when I'm um, teaching characterization or when I'm working on a project for myself, I talk about the landscape, the inner landscape of the person and the outer landscape. And we have that at uh, at Blue Ridge. Mm -hmm. um, caring. People care. They do. Um, and it is, it just sort of descends on the, on the writers when they get there. You just have this caring uh, feeling, uh, which brings me to that down home feeling. Honey, you are in the South. <laughs> and you can talk, talk grits and cornbread and beans all you want to, but it is a culture that makes you feel good and welcome. Uh, the faculty are approachable. There's none of this, oh no, you can't approach a, a faculty person. Uh, in fact, that's, that's why they're there and, and we know it and we provide opportunities to share meals with, with faculty and, and pick their minds and just have friendships. Uh, but to me, that is the big part, the big unique part about the, the Blue Ridge Conference, the food, the the housing, uh, everything. And I need to be quiet because I know that Edie has lots of things to say too. Well, I have to say the meeting, being able to have lunch or dinner with one of the faculty members is great um, because the conversations that come up, you also, it also forces you to sit with other people because mm -hmm. if I want to sit with such and such teacher, my friend may want to sit somewhere else and that forced me to meet some other people that I probably wouldn't have met because I wanted to sit with this faculty member. So that, I love that. It's, it's a good way to mix people up. So definitely. Thank you, Diane. Okay. Edie, what is what you, what do you feel is unique about Blue Ridge? I have a list. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, the first thing is, um, you know, I agree with everything that Diane said, especially the inclusiveness. Mm -hmm. um, before we bring a faculty member on, we let them know our expectations, which is that they are there to interact 
with the conferees, not just to teach them or to lecture them on what they need to do. Um, to that end, our name badges don't say on there, this person's the director, this person's the a faculty member or anything like that. There's no different color. We just wanna make sure that everybody has, um, understands that we're all on an equal footing. We're just at a different place in our journey. Mm -hmm. So, um, and we have something called lobby time, L-O-B-B-Y. And that is in the evenings, the faculty will hang out in one of the two lobbies on the on-site hotel where they're staying and just tell stories and be accessible and just hang out like real people uh, with whomever wants to come along. So I, I agree with Diane's inclusiveness. Also our price. We're very mm -hmm. fortunate to be in partnership with Lifeway and the Ridgecrest Conference Center. And so because we're not at a hotel and having to pay standard catering prices and standard room prices, our even though our conference will cost you about $750 without travel, that's, that is a large bit smaller than, um, than any other conference, yeah. simply because of our facility. Yeah, um, I agree we, with that. We also um, rotate our faculty, but we keep enough of them every year so that uh, it feels like coming home. If this is more, if you've been here more than once, we want, we want the familiar, but we also want to be constantly looking for the people who are doing it best out there. And to that end, our conference is not keynote driven. We don't bring in one big name and let them lecture all week long in the keynote session. Um, we feel like we always have just a multitude of faculty who have really awesome things to share. Um, keynotes are very important in the in Blue Ridge, but our conference is never based around one one famous person. I guess is a good way to say that. And then probably the last thing is that um, we are the first conference that made no differentiation between self-publishing, independent small press publishing, or full-on traditional publishing. Because we felt like with the climate today, whether you're self-publishing a book on Amazon or you are uh, publishing for one of the top five, we're all competing from the reader's point of view on an equal playing field. And we felt like that the conference really needed to reflect that. Um, so there's no, there's no differentiation in any of our contests or anything else. Published is published, however you got there. Awesome. Yes. And I do love that. I love that because there are some people doing wonderful things in the self-publishing world. And, and you, as both of you are well aware, the publishing world has changed. You know, the dynamics have changed. So, you know, in being, including that is important. So I'm glad you do that. Well, tell me, let's start with Edie on this one. What writing project are you currently working on or what is your most current release? Um, well, actually, Diane and I are working on a joint proposal. Awesome. We're working on a social media marketing, branding, and blogging book. Awesome. 
And so we will be pitching that soon. We're finishing up the proposal now and our agents will begin shopping that. So we're really excited about that. Um, but for me personally, I just turned in my second book this year, which is a nonfiction book called Soul Care When You're Weary. And it's a short nonfiction book. It's actually the length of a novella. It's nonfiction. So it's not a novella, but it's that length. Right. And the idea is that when you're weary and when you're in a crisis, um, you need connection with God more than ever, but you don't have the energy or the time. And so that's the hole that this little book fills. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really, really excited about that. And that'll be coming out this summer. I think that's awesome because I know some people who could use that. So that'd be great. All right, and Miss Diane, what are you working on now, and what is your most current release? Because I think I saw one just released, is it this month or last month? Yes, um, it was in February, and it uh, was High Treason, the third book in the FBI Task Force series. Awesome. Uh, it was probably uh, one of the hardest books I've ever written. Uh, the premise uh, what happens when a Saudi prince escorts his mother to Houston for cancer treatment at MD Anderson, and there's an assassination attempt on his life. Mm. And it was very, very fun and, and interesting and took lots of research. The FBI and the CIA have to work together to keep him safe and find out who's behind the assassination attempt. Uh, in May, my 11-year-old uh, granddaughter and I will be releasing a middle-grade fantasy called The Eye of Lariloth, and that started out as a memory maker, and I realized um, my granddaughter had a lot of talent, and I said, I'm not writing this. We're doing it together, so it took over two years for us to get that done. Um, in October, I have the first book of a new series uh, coming out called Burden of Proof, and um, this is uh, FBI uh, working with those uh, first responders. Uh, this one happens to be a hostage negotiator. And I'm finishing up the line edits on the, um, uh, let's see, on that book. And then I have another book that I need to turn in by the 1st of July, which is the second book in that series. And the book for, uh, for writers, the social media marketing, uh, branding, blogging that Edie and I are doing together. Yeah, so, does, it, does it have a title yet or no? Don't work not, not yet. Okay, but that's what it's about is social media marketing and branding, yes. Which, yes. as I'm sure you have heard from many writers, that is their greatest fear. <laughs> they, they are, most of them are terrified by that. But then it's funny, I spoke with someone last night who's probably gonna work with me and he's got a marketing background and that's what excites him. I'm like, okay, you're the opposite of most writers. So he goes, I've been so busy working on the marketing. I haven't been writing like I need to. And I'm like, well, there's the good and bad to that, but you do have to have something to market. So we gotta get writing, we gotta get writing. So yeah, exciting. Well, what is one book that you recommend writers to read that maybe let's let's think about this maybe from a new writer's perspective because a lot of my audience is going to be new writers and what is one book that maybe helped you when you started learning the craft of writing or one that just really resonates with you that, that you go back to from time to time to look at 
Are you asking me first? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Go ahead, Diane. Okay. <laughs> I, didn't, um, I didn't say. I was just. That, that, that's, uh, that's fine. I would say that um, it would be uh, from Donald Moss. And while I'd like to say anything and everything that he has done, I would say uh, writing the breakout novel book and workbook. It's a little older, um, but it is incredible. Anything that Donald Moss does mm -hmm. or writes, don't walk, run to be <laughs> part of. I have done seven of his uh, workshops around the country from seven days to five to three to two to whatever. And maybe I'm a slow learner, but I am telling you that he is a genius when it comes to uh, writing. And that is what I would recommend. Yeah. And I want to say about that, uh, this is nonfiction tips, but you need fiction elements in nonfiction. And so it has helped me as an, a fiction, a nonfiction writer, learning the elements of fiction to make my nonfiction better. It makes it stronger. So Absolutely. anything that you can learn about fiction and incorporate that into your nonfiction is excellent. So I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, one thing I will say about the nonfiction for the nonfiction writer, and I do dabble in that, it's just that I'm a novelist. Right. Um, that no matter what something, what someone is going through in the topic of a nonfiction, whether it be soul care or, or whatever that uh, a person is going through and they're reading a nonfiction, uh, to find that valuable information, they still want to be entertained. Mm -hmm. And when we can use fiction techniques in our nonfiction, whoa, it explodes off the page. Exactly, exactly. And um, I, just off the top of my head, Ken Davis is really good at that. He is, yes. he is excellent at that. So um, if you want to read somebody whose nonfiction is entertaining, he his, and um, have you ever read Rick Bragg's um, Yes, the Shouting? That's yes. another good one where it's nonfiction, but it's very entertaining because it's a story of his life too. So some of the things him and his brother did crack me up. I'm like his poor mother, <laughs> what she went through. But all right, Edie, what is, what is your recommendation and your favorite? Well, I mean, I agree with Diane as far as anything by Donald Moss, but um, the, the books that I went to first were uh, by James Scott Bell, Plot mm -hmm. and Structure, and The Art of War for Writers. I love that little book, The Art of War for Writers. That one is good for fiction, nonfiction, uh, freelance, I don't care. If you're interested in the writing life, that's, that's the book for you. Um, so both of those are, are excellent. And then anything by James Scott Bell anything yes. at all. He's got so many uh, ebooks out now, as well as the ones that Writer's Digest puts out. Um, it's just, it, every writer should have every one of his books. I don't care where you are in the process. Exactly. I love James Scott Bell too. He, I love part of his story. For those that don't know who he is, he was told, I think it was high school, was it? Somewhere early on that he wanted to be a writer. And he said, either you have it or you don't have it. And he said, well, I guess I don't have it. You know, nobody um, seemed to be helping him with it. And I think he got some negative feedback. And I can't remember if it was high school, college, somewhere in there, he, he 
got this thing in his head, well, I just don't have it. And then he learned later on, the bug hit him again. He started writing and he figured out, hey, I can learn this. I know it's not just something that's gifted. And usually it's something that wells up within you that you want to do, but just like anything else, I mean, you know, athletes have to train. Golfers don't become great golfers by reading a book about golfing. <laughs> they go and they do it, you know, same, any field, you know, mechanics, doctors, you name it, they all, you have to go learn. And so the same thing with writing is take it seriously and go learn. So yes, love, love James Scott Bell. Haven't, Read Donald Moss, but I will definitely check him out, Diane. I think that's great. So um, now let's see, we'll start with Edie again. What is your writing routine? I love to find out what other writers do. And sometimes that might inspire someone to, hey, maybe I should try that. Because I know a lot of people that I talk with, they like their struggle is finding the time or making the time to, to write. What, what is your routine and what advice could you give them about that? Well, one of the things is, is it also depends on where you are in life. My right. routine right now looks very different than what it did when I had toddlers. Right. And I was doing this full time. Um, but right now, what I do is I get up first thing in the morning. I have quiet time. I go to the gym. I come back. My husband and I have a devotion and prayer time. Um, then I go up to my office, come up here, and I schedule social media, and I am writing by 8 or 8.30 in the morning. I have all that other stuff out of the way, and the reason I do it that way is because I've determined that my most creative time during the day is before noon, mm -hmm. and so I guard that time and um, try to make sure that I have the ability to use it for what what I do best during that time and then in the afternoon I will work on blog posts or editing or emails or you know Blue Ridge stuff all sorts of business things so that's what I do and of course when I'm traveling at a conference that will change some um, but that's that's kind of the routine that I try to do but one of my pieces of advice sorry I have a hair uh, one of the pieces of advice that I often give new writers is that if we're not willing to set aside the time and to, to make time to write a priority, why on earth would anybody else be willing to respect our writing time? And so I think it's critical for us to say things like, I would love to go out to lunch, but um, this is my writing day. Or... Um, you know, I can go out to lunch, but I'm working today, so I only have an hour. Um, but if, if we stop and we go shopping or we have lunch or we take phone calls, we're telling everybody else that we don't make it a priority. So we need to make it a priority ourselves first before we can expect anyone else to. Definitely, definitely agree. And sometimes it may take a little for, for people to understand, um, my mother struggles sometimes why she, I don't answer the phone. <laughs> it's like, I, I love you, mom. And a lot of times what I'll do is I'll text her, can't talk right now, I'll talk to you later. And, and she'll, she'll know that I'm working. But you've got, like you said, set the boundaries and respect the time yourself so other people will. So that's great advice. I like that. 
Diane, what is your writing routine and what is like a piece of advice that you would give to people um, to help set up their own routines and help hold their time sacred? Well, the first thing I, I will say um, is that we need to value the body first. So I'm, I'm prefacing this because I have a little bit of an unusual routine and Edie's going to laugh. She always does. Uh, I'm up very early. I have a very uh, early quiet time, prayer time. And then I grab my laptop and by 530, I'm on the treadmill. So for the next two hours, I, um, I quickly work through social media marketing and all of those things, which is part of the 30 minutes a day that Edie and I teach. Uh, and I am working on my story. So by the time I hear the, my husband grinding the coffee beans at nearly 7.30, uh, I have a whole lot done. I have anywhere from five to six miles done on the treadmill. Uh, I'm exhausted and sweaty and hungry. So uh, once breakfast is over and I get that much needed shower, I am back, like Edie, morning is when I am most creative. And I am continuing with my word count and I am uh, finishing up what I need to get done for, uh, for that day. I'm probably a little OCD. I am probably a whole lot OCD when it comes to uh, exercise, uh, my commitment, my dedication to writing, getting things done on a schedule, um, nutrition, spiritual. To me, that is just all a part of our purpose. Uh, just like Edie, in the afternoon, I'm getting blogs written. Uh, I am studying that craft, uh, the marketing, the social media, how to, how to create characters, all those things, uh, the business side. Uh, I also do mentoring, and that's when I do my students. Uh, Edie and I are uh, creating a, an exciting... Can I tell this, Edie? Yes. Yes. Okay. We want to keep our writers at Blue Ridge... Um, excited year-round about what they're doing with the craft and the publishing world and social media. So we are developing uh, online classes uh, for, uh, for, for writers. And so uh, I've been learning a lot about that, the techniques, how to do that best, plus um, working out uh, content and videos. So anyway, uh, I cook because I love to cook. So I always cook dinner, which also allows whatever I've written to cook. <laughs> Told you I'm a little on the crazy side, but that makes us writers. And then uh, after dinner, um, husband likes to you know record a few movies and 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 we'll watch them. But I'm also working too. So uh, anyway, that is it. And for the writer who is struggling, if you want to write, you will find the time. It may mean getting up earlier. It may mean uh, writing on your uh, break, uh, brown bagging your lunch, um, writing after everyone is in bed, but you can do it. You can do it. Just think one page in one year gives you a 365 page book. So yep. one page a day. I went page a day, yes. So um, anyway, that's my, that's my schedule and but Clarify something for me. Are you writing while you're on the treadmill? Is that what I understood you say? Yes. You know, <laughs> hush, hush. 
Um, you know how you've got that big lip to stick in a book uh -huh. or a magazine if you want to. Yeah. Well, I just stick in my laptop. It fits beautifully. How do you do that and, and walk? It, my arms are doing other things. <laughs> You're talented. Uh, oh, I don't know. Either that or maybe a little on the crazy side. But um, <laughs> it works because, there, and, and there is, there's something more to this now, girls, writers. Um, when you are moving, the neurons in your brain are firing, mm -hmm. and it does make you more creative. I forget about what I'm doing with my feet when I am writing. Mm -hmm. I don't know how else to explain it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Well, that's like, I'm one of these and it drives some people crazy, but I have a headset. I can't just like sit and talk on the phone. I'm walking around the house, you know, doing stuff, putting stuff away, walking the dogs, getting the mail, you know, yes. doing dishes, whatever. I, I don't like to just sit and have a conversation, you know, that, or that's why most of my conversations happen in the car too. Now that I, where I live, I'm 30 minutes from town. I'm one of these people going to town today. <laughs> and so I have lots of time to talk now. So that, I, I totally get that. That's wonderful. Well, thank you, Diane. I love that. Love it. Love it. And Edie, both of you. Well, ladies, this has been so much fun and you have given such wonderful tips and I hope everyone listening attends. I don't know that they will, but we can hope everyone attends. Um, but we do have a special that we're going to do. If you are interested in attending the Blue Ridge Mountain Christian Writers Conference. Mountains. Mountains. Christian Writer Conference. Easy for me to say. <laughs> um, I always want to forget the mountains. I always want to say Blue Ridge Writers Conference. Um, but anyways, we have a special offer for you. Make a comment today on the blog or in the next whatever many days. And uh, what's our time limit going to be, ladies? Like a week, we'll give them to leave comments. Um, yeah, let's give them five days. Five days. Okay. Yes. Five days. In the next five days, you leave a comment on the post and we will do a drawing and someone will win $50 off the conference and what we want you to leave in the comments is why would you like to attend the conference you know maybe you've never been to one or maybe you've been one before but you want to try this one and just leave a comment why you would like to attend and we will do a drawing from there and one of you will get fifty dollars off the conference fee if you've already paid for the conference then they will um give you a fifty dollar uh discount right. <laughs> of some sort, they'll get you the $50 off your, off your total bill. Um, so that would leave those, leave those comments. We want to hear from you and I appreciate both of you ladies being here and thank you. And I'm so excited. I can't wait to see you in May in real life. And I hope everyone has a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today on the Rhine Hour, nonfiction tips from the Rhine Coach. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and listen on your favorite app each week. Leave a review and let others know how they can learn about the craft and business of writing. It's time to write your book.